0: What's up, Daw Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy, and I want to welcome you to the Monday episode of Behind the Daw. Now, if you're new to the podcast, this is a podcast where I interview music producers, artists, music industry experts, singers, songwriters, sound designers, everyone else in between on an emotional, philosophical, branding, marketing, and overall music business basis. But you caught the Monday episode. Now, what the heck is the Monday episode? It's different. You're not always interviewing these type of people, Wyatt? No. So over the course of a month, I find a book, a book that I feel like is really, really going to help music producers. I then go and read that book find all of the nuggets of glory, and then bring it back to you so that you can benefit from all of my hard work and start applying these principles today. So that way you don't have to go find the book, you don't have to read the book, and you don't even have to figure out how to apply the principles that I'm going to bring to you. I mean, you do have to do the work with applying them, but I still feel like that's a pretty good deal, right? So before we get into what book we're covering now, because it's the beginning of November, and we're starting a new book. Now, before we do all that, I just want to say, hey, if you haven't checked out our other podcast episodes, like the ones where I do interview big music producers and so on and so forth, or if you haven't checked out our In The Daw series, that's our YouTube series where we invite music producers to come and dissect their songs in real time. If you haven't checked those out yet, I would highly encourage you to do so, okay? So the last episode of Behind The Daw that we did with the big music producer was with silent that just barely came out last Friday. It was really, really, really good. A lot of people have been loving it. I would highly encourage you to go check it out. And then the last episode of In The Daw that we just released was with AU5, and that one was Unbelievable. Like everyone always loves those kinds of episodes. Even if they don't produce the same genre that AU5 does, it's just the way he explains things and everything is just so good. You can check out those in the dot episodes on the donation Nation YouTube channel or you can listen to them on the podcast over here. Those are the 0.5 episodes. Okay. So, like the last one was, I believe it was 64.5. That was the AU5 episode. So go ahead and check that out. Also, at the end of the episode, every single week, we do a DAW Nation Weekly Citizen Award. So I keep my eyes peeled, keep my ears to the ground of someone that's doing really, really great things for Donation. Maybe commenting on this post or or leaving a review on iTunes or sending me a really great DM or this, that, and the other. So I'm going to be announcing the winner at the end of the episode. And whoever wins that award gets one of two things. They either get a free lesson with me, a free private lesson, or they can come and interview someone on the podcast with me, a big music producer, entrepreneur, music industry expert, so on and so forth. So with that being said, Donation, what book are we going to be covering here in November? Well, this book is, honestly, there's like, three books in my entire life that I can actually attribute to like these huge, gigantic shifts in my life that like completely I can attribute to, like this book changed my life. Every other book that I've read up to this point was like, man, you know, this is a really good book. There's some really good tidbits of information in here, but these three books I'm about to say, one of them is what we're gonna be going over this month. But these three books I'm about to say is like, there's just so much beautiful information in there. It's just like, it just blows you away. It's just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe there's this much knowledge and wisdom condensed into into one book. So the first one is the 10X rule, which is the one that we read for the very, very first episode of the Monday episodes. The second one, which is what we're going to be going over today, uh, which is called The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews. And I'll go more into that in a second. And then the third book that absolutely changed my life was The Book of Mormon. So highly encourage you to read all of those. But one of the reasons why this book is so life-changing is like what I mentioned, there's just so much knowledge and, wisdom in it. But the second thing, this is kind of the mind blowing tactic that I don't see a lot of other people doing, which they totally should. And by the way, you should totally apply this tactic into your music is that it incorporates the concept that humans are not very good at just taking in pure information, but we are extraordinarily good at taking in stories. So if you can combine really, really good information, really, really good wisdom and and tying it in with the story, it just sticks in your mind like crazy. And this is a testament to it because, you know, with the 10X rule, I'll probably read it a couple more times at least, but this is like the seventh time that I've read The Traveler's Gift. Like it is so good, it's ridiculous, okay? So inside of The Traveler's Gift, I'm going to tell the concept of the story really quick, but I just want you to know it's broken down to like seven different pieces, okay? Seven different pieces of knowledge and wisdom, so to say, okay? And so this is how the next couple of weeks are going to go. This week, we're going to cover concepts one and two. Week two, we're going to cover concepts three and four. Week three, we're going to cover concepts five and six. And then week four, we're going to cover concept seven. Seven deserves its own week. I promise it's big. It's huge. We're going to, oh, it's going to, it's going to change your life. So for week one, we're going to cover concepts one and two. So before I talk about the concepts, let's talk about the context of the story. What the heck is this story even about the Traveler's Gift? What does that mean? So let me tell you what that means. So the context of the story is about this guy named David Ponder. David Ponder was a really, really successful businessman, but his company unfortunately got bought out. And then all of a sudden, he found himself, you know, jobless, he had a wife and a 10 year old daughter, and he didn't take early retirement, you know, he's 46 years old, I guess, in his area, you know, like where he's at, no one was hiring 46 year olds in that position that he was working at. So all of a sudden, like, he's like scrambling to try and find a job trying to find a new life trying to do all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, he's working at a hardware store for like 10 bucks an hour, you know, he was making like 100k a year before. And so he's really, really, really struggling okay to the point where he's actually literally contemplating suicide So that his wife and his daughter can just take the life insurance money and then just live off of that. And so he just barely got fired from his job where he was making $10 an hour. Everything's going wrong. His daughter's sick. Him and his wife are fighting. This, that, and the other. He's struggling with all this kind of stuff. And what happens is that he just decides to go for a drive. And that's when he decides to end it. He decides to commit suicide and that's it. He really does feel like his wife and his daughter are going to be better off without him. And so he's driving really, really fast. He's going like 130 miles per hour, hits patch of ice. And, you know, he's just basically like screaming, like, why God, why me? At which point he blacks out and then he wakes up in an office. He's like, what the heck going on here? He's like, am I in the hospital? Am I dreaming? And then, you know, there's these people walking around him and no one seems to be able to see him or anything like that except for one person in the room. And so as the story evolves, this one man in the room notices him. And he's basically saying, like, hold on one second. I just got to take care of stuff. Then I'll talk to you. David's like, what the heck? What? what are you talking about? What is going on here? And Then he notices it's not cold outside anymore. When you try to commit suicide, it's like the dead of winter. All of a sudden, it's summer outside. There's trees on the leaves. There's all this kind of stuff. He's freaking out. He's like, what the heck is going on here? And then finally, the guy basically tells him this. He's like, listen, you are what is called the traveler. God sees people in life, people that have immense potential but are about to you know, end it all. And then he gives them this gift, okay? this gift to be able to travel through the ages and to receive tidbits of wisdom from people throughout the ages that could really, really help said person on their way. And then he kind of starts to realize, like, wait, where am I? Like, what time is it? Like, what day is it? And so what happens is that he then comes to find out that he's sitting in the office of President Harry Truman in 1947. And so he's just like, no, like, there's no way. And then, like, you know, he tests the evidence. And of course he is. Right. There's, you know, looking all around, trying to find stuff that's modern. there's not and so on and so forth. Right. So he sits down and he's able to talk with Harriet Truman. And so Harriet Truman says, when you showed up just on the floor, you just appear on the floor, it's really creepy, actually. But when you just showed up on the floor, you kept saying, why me? Why me, God? And he let me ask you, why not you? Why wouldn't God put you through those things? Why wouldn't God want you to go through these things so that you can become what you are supposed to be? And then, you know, President Truman goes on to say and "It's like, you know, you got to realize that number one, it's like where you're at really isn't that bad. And number two, you are at because of your choices. Now, I'm going to get to this in a second. I'm going to have an asterisk. Make sure you can mentally see the asterisk coming on this concept right now, Don Nation, because what I'm about to say is going to sound like it contradicts what our last Monday episode was about. I promise it doesn't contradict it, okay? I promise it's actually they're two beautiful parts to a bigger whole, okay? But just roll with me on this. So of course, Harry Truman says, you are where you have chosen to be. Everything up to this point is because of the choices that you made, which, you know, David Ponder responds. He's like, that's not true. There is no way that this is my fault. I was really good to the company. I worked really, really hard. And then, you know, the buyout and everything was really unfortunate. That's not my fault. There's no way that this is my fault. To which President Truman replies, quote, you are where you are because of your thinking. Your thinking dictates your decisions. Decisions are choices. Years ago, you chose where to go to college. You chose your course of study. When you graduated with the degree that you chose to pursue, you chose the company to which you sent your resume. After the company responded, you chose the one from which you would work. Somewhere during that time, you chose to go to a party there, you met a girl that you chose to marry. Together, you chose to have a family and how large that family would be. You chose the house in which you would live and the cars in which you would drive. You chose how much the payment would be for each of those. By eating steaks or eating hot dogs, you chose what you would eat. You chose not to take early retirement. You chose to stay to the bitter end. Years ago, you made choices that led you to where you currently are and you walked down the aisle every step of the way. Donation, one of the most gut-wrenching things that you will ever have to admit to yourself is that the past was in your hands. One of the most beautiful revelations in the world is that the present and the future are also in your hands right here, right now. In fact, there's this really, really powerful song by this rapper. His name is Whit Lowry. The song is called Dreaming With Our Eyes Open. In it, he says this one line that kind of completely incorporates what we're talking about here. And it says, life is the clay that you're too busy to mold, end quote. And so Donation, I want you to think about this, okay? Because like, seriously, like even the smallest choices that you make right here, right now, and after you listen to this podcast are going to wildly affect your life. In fact, Thomas S. Monson once said, quote, the door of history turns on small hinges, and so do people's lives. If we were, able to apply that maxim to our lives, we could say that we are the result of many small decisions. The smallest actions that you take now can have profound, profound results on your life. I remember one night when I was in high school and I was out with, you know, I was out with a bunch of friends, they were partying, they were doing this, that, and the other, and one of them had me some drugs. And I was like, you know, at the time I was like, I don't really think drugs are wrong. I'm just not interested. I can't tell you how much of a profound effect that has had on my life. There was multiple things in high school where people tried to get me to do something or try something or this, that, and the other. And it was just like a small thing. It seemed like such a small thing. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm like, nah, I don't know about that. And I just walked away. I didn't think any of it. Now I'm sitting here, you know, over 10 years later, it's almost been 10 years since I've graduated from high school, but over 10 years later, since i made some of those decisions and I'm just like, I was so close, from setting things into my life, from doing things in my life that could have had catastrophic results on my life, on my family's life, my relationship with my wife, my kids, this, that, and the other. I remember when I was 16 and up until that point, I saw absolutely nothing wrong with stuff like pornography, okay? Nothing wrong at all. It never even crossed my mind that it was wrong. All of a sudden, I started researching a little bit. Is it bad for your mind? What does it do to your mind when you watch that? You know, I started researching spiritually. Like, is this okay? Is this okay on a spiritual level? And of course, you know, upon, you know, both physiological research and spiritual research, it was like, this is one of the worst things you could do to your mind right now especially growing up at the age that you are with all these hormones and everything that's running through your body. I almost chose not to believe the studies and all the evidence that was everything. I almost chose, I was like on the brink of just being like, ah, screw it. You know, I know a bunch of people that do it, you know, and they're fine and they're good people and whatever. And I'm just going to roll with it. Man, I can't tell you how glad I am that I don't have that temptation now that I am 26 years old. I'm so glad that when I was 16, I went through the thicket. I got over it. It's all good now. And so now that I'm 26, I'm not tempted with that. The hurt and the pain that I've, seen from other families of husbands sneaking behind their wives and looking at pornography and all this kind of stuff and what it has done to them is just like it's just baffling to me it's just baffling like the pain and the sorrow that it has caused people and I just miss I just missed it by just a little bit just just a little little bit so Donation I just want you to know that these choices that you're making right now maybe the small choice is like hey right now I'm playing video games for two hours a day maybe I cut it down for one hour and I use the other hour to start producing music maybe I use that other hour to start reading a book that I feel like is really really gonna help me maybe that book is a traveler's gift maybe for those two hours hours of days that you were playing video games, maybe one hour, maybe you just cut video games out all out together for a minute, maybe for like the next month or so. One hour, you focus on music production. One hour, you read The Traveler's Gift and start like really, really honing these things. These type of decisions are going to absolutely change your life. I remember when I was like 18, 19 years old, I was working at a company and I just listened to music all day and it was beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It was really, really great. But I just had this one small thought, this one small, tiny little thought coming to my mind. It wasn't powerful. It didn't shake me. It wasn't like this life changing revelation that came to me. It's just a small little thought that came to me. It was like, what if I just spent, you know, just an hour a day when I'm at work? I'm, so I'm working eight hours a day. All right. I can listen to music for seven of those hours. Okay. That's fine. What about just for one hour, if I just read a book per day? That was the first time that I read The Traveler's Gift. And here we are. I've read it seven times by then. It is totally taken me down a path of reading you know, amazing books, some of the best books that humanity has to offer. It's completely changed my life, my thought process, my happiness. It's just completely changed everything. It's small decisions like this, Donation. It's the small stuff, okay? And in another Andy Andrews book, Andy Andrews actually says, quote, you need to sweat the small stuff. You need to, because the small stuff compounds on top of each each other and eventually becomes the big stuff. Every big thing in your life is built up of small stuff. So yes, you do need to sweat the small stuff End quote. And I think that was absolutely like just mind bogglingly good. Okay. So donation, what are some things? What are the small things? Seriously, just small things in your life right now, small little things that you could change that you think could have absolutely huge results, huge revelations that can come huge, you know, implications that can happen over the next 10 years. What are the things that you know? And of course, it's not just gonna be one small thing, right? We're a massive action taking people. And so we're gonna have a bunch of small things that we're gonna do. And they're all gonna compound on top of each other. See how like all the last episodes are all just kind of like coming together. It's really, really beautiful. But Domination, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it kind of seems like this mentality right here that like you need to own your choices and that where you are in your life right now is because of you. This seems to contradict contradict what we talked about last week remember last week we were going over you know the certain concept that's taught in the compound effect where you need to own up to 100% of everything that has ever happened in your life period end of discussion and the quality of the relationships that you have with other people completely rely on your shoulders And obviously, you know, last episode, I completely tried to just obliterate that as much as possible. But, you know, now we're talking here, you know, this quote from President Truman, it seems like it's saying the opposite. But in fact, it's saying exactly what I was saying in the last episode. Remember that when it comes to choices and like, you know, taking personal responsibility for things that are happening in your life, you got to remember there are four different avenues with this. Okay. Number one is your choices number two is your consequences, number three is other people's choices, and number four is other people's consequences. And remember, out of those four things, only one of them do you have control over, which is your choices. Remember, you don't have control over your consequences. You can do things where the consequences are most likely going to happen, but you still can't control the consequences. It's a numbers game, right? When you eat healthy, you most likely are going to live longer. That's how that works. When you produce music more often than your other buddies, you are most likely going to become better than your other buddies. Of course, there's outliers and there's anomalies and stuff like that. I will fully admit that. But you got to remember, this is a numbers game, right? And so what President Truman is saying here, what Andy Andrew talks about in this book is in full accordance to that philosophy that he is completely and 100% focusing on your Choices. You are where you are because of your choices. The consequences that follow happened because of your choices. The consequences may not always be what you want, but remember, the consequences always come because of your choices. You just don't always know what those consequences will be. I really hope this is making sense, okay? So remember, when it comes to other people's choices, And other people's consequences, like for example, if you have a loved one that is a drug addict, that was not your choice, okay? Especially, you know, one could argue like, well, you allow that one person into your life. But I mean, like, how far can you take that? Where do you draw that line? Because if it's someone's dad, like it is with mine, how do you blame someone for that? How do you blame someone's lineage you see what I'm saying? That's where it kind of gets murky. It's like you can't really blame them for that. You know what I mean? It's not really your fault. However, keeping that person in your life after you learn this kind of stuff is your choice. It is my choice right now to keep my dad in my life and, you know, suffer a bunch of crap because of it. Or it is my choice to to distance myself for the betterment of my life and my wife's life and my kid's life and everything such as that. So it's still your choice to do that. It's my choice to try and have the best life possible even with other people's choices and other people's consequences. So that is what is being said here. But like in this instance with David Ponder, I mean, President Truman broke it down the most beautiful way possible. He chose that job. He chose that career. He chose to get married to so-and-so and have a kid and move here and not take early in retirement. All of these things, that was his choices, okay? So if you come to me and you're like, oh, you know, why? You know, I don't have enough money to start doing music production. It's like, well, wait, hold up where's all the other money that you've had throughout your life? What have you been spending it on? Have you been spending it on useless things? You know, have you been saving it for something else? Which by the way, saving doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, but it's just you've been spending it with other, you know, you've been putting that money other places. Oh, well, I have bills and this, that, and the other. Well, hold on. Like, hold on. What bills do you have? Didn't you choose to have those bills? And people say, no, I didn't choose to have those bills. Well, I'm pretty sure you decided that you wanted electricity. All right. I'm pretty sure you chose to have electricity or water or heating or internet and all that kind of stuff. You still chose that. Don't get me wrong. It would suck without those. I'm not trying to say get Get rid of them. You got to realize that when you back yourself in a situation, you say, it's not my fault. I have all these things I need to pay for. And I don't want to say it's your fault, but you chose this life. You chose to have those things. And so it's not fair to you or anyone else for you to be like, it's not my fault. I didn't choose this. Like I didn't choose not to have money to do music production and stuff like that. That's not true. That's not true though. You did. You did choose it. You chose all those things. I'm not condemning you because of it. I want you to understand I'm not, I'm not attacking you because of it. that's just the facts of the matter, right? Like I mentioned in the last episode for a really long time, time, I really, really struggled with everything that I had to do, but it was because I chose this career. I chose not to hire people. I chose to have kids and a wife, which is kind of, you know, arguably complicates the situation, which it's okay. I'm okay with it complicating the situation because I love them dearly, but it's still a complicates. And I chose that. I chose that. And I fully own up to that. Now, you know, you know, that's fine. And most of the time, like when I get something back, let's say that, you know, Ben's not here yet, so I can talk crap on him. I'm kidding, Ben's awesome. But like if he edits, you know, a certain social media content piece, which by the way, he's doing amazing. You guys should go check all that out on our socials right now. He's doing incredible. But if he edits something, and it's not something that I wanted, the first thought that comes into my mind was, okay, this is probably my fault. I probably didn't explain what I needed to here. That's the first thing that came into it. I mean, even if he didn't, even if he completely just, you know, it was just like, you know what? I don't care what Wyatt says. I'm just going to do this. OK, even if he does say that, which he would never do because Ben's awesome. But even if he did say that, again, I kind of have to own up to that and be like, well, you know, I was the one who chose him to bring him onto the team. So I kind of got to own that. You see what I'm saying? And so with all this being said, donation with each person... That Andy Andrews visits in this book. Each one of them, you know, they kind of talk and it's it's really good wisdom and everything. But each one of them, towards the end of their talks, they give him something. Okay. They give him like a piece of paper, a note, or something, you know, scroll, something of that nature. They give it to him. And it has this thing that he is supposed to read every single day. And it obviously is seven different pieces because he sees seven different people. But what I want to do is I want to read you the exact quotes, the exact thing that President Truman gives to David Ponder. All right. So let me I'm just going to pull it up right here. I have the exact quote right here. And we're going to read it to you. And I highly encourage you to go find these quotes and read them to yourself. I mean, I guess kind of the challenge that there is at the end of the book is that you read all seven things every single day for like a month or something like that. And it will just completely transform your life. So here is the first one that President Truman gives David Ponder. So this says, quote, from this moment forward, I will accept responsibility for my past. I understand that the beginning of wisdom is to accept the responsibility for my own problems and that by accepting responsibility for my past, I free myself to move into a bigger brighter future of my own choosing. Never again will I blame my parents, my spouse, my boss, or other employees for my present situation. Neither my education nor lack of one, my genetics, or the circumstantial ebb and flow of everyday life will affect my future in a negative way. If I allow myself to blame these uncontrollable forces for my lack of success, I will be forever caught in a web of the past. I will look forward. I will not let my history control my destiny the buck stops here. And by the way, side note, what he means by buck, it means like an elk or a deer, right? Basically, it refers to like the buck stopping walking right now. I don't really know why he uses this, but that is what he is referring to. Going back to what he was saying, I accept responsibility for my past. I am responsible for my success. I am where I am today, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially because of the decisions I have made. My decisions have always been governed by my thinking. Therefore, I am where I am today, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially because of how I think. Today, I will begin the process of changing where I am mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially by changing the way I think. My thoughts will be constructive, never destructive. My mind will live in the solutions of the future. I will not dwell in the problems of the past. I will seek the association of those who are working and striving to bring about positive changes in the world. I will never seek comfort by associating with those who have decided to be comfortable. When faced with an opportunity to make a decision, I will make one. Understand that God did not put in me the ability to always make right decisions. He did, however, put in me the ability to make a decision and then make it right. The rise and fall of my emotional tide will not deter me from my course. When I make a decision, I will stand behind it. My energy will go into making the decision. I will waste none on second thoughts. My life will not be an apology. I will be a statement. The buck stops here. I control my thoughts. I control my emotions. And the future, when I am tempted to ask the question, why me? I will immediately counter with the question, why not me? Challenges are gifts, opportunities to learn. Problems are the most common thread running through the lives of great men and women. In times of adversity, I will not have a problem to deal with. I will have a choice to make. My thoughts will be clear. I will make the right choice. Adversity is preparation for greatness. I will accept this preparation. Why me? Why not me? I will be prepared for something great. I accept responsibility for my past. I control my thoughts. I control my emotions. I am responsible for my success. The buck stops here. Now, gosh, dang it, Don Nation, that is deep, that is profound. I really hope this really, really resonates with you on a very, 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 very deep level, okay? Again, this completely, in my opinion, correlates with everything that we talked about last week. Last week, I was countering the thought that you can control your consequences, other people's choices, and other people's consequences. But again, the only thing that you can control is your choices. If you control your choices... You can control the the most likely outcome that certain circumstances will happen in your life. Okay, this is the best way to live by accepting that you can control your choices and you can. You control your choices today. Donation, that was the first concept with the Traveler's Gift. And now we're getting into the second concept. Now we're going to go into the second concept, which is equally as profound. Okay. So now to kind of set the story, basically, after he reads this piece of content, this note that Harriet Truman gives him, he's immediately teleported to the next place. And so the next place that he is sent to, I think is around like 2000, 3000 ish BC. And he's been in this position where there's a bunch of people again, like none of them can see them. They're all like dressed in the ancient world and like ancient Israel, so to say. And so, you know, there's this big commotion, there's this big crowd. And so he kind of works. His way through the crowd, and he gets up to the very front of the crowd where there's these two women and a king. And these two women, one of them is holding a baby. And so basically, the story is is that there's these two women that are living in the same house. I believe is like slaves. I'm pretty sure slaves was a thing back then, or as a as concubine. I don't know. Whatever was common for that era. Definitely not okay now. But you know, for that era, it was common. Anyways, so these two women, you know, both of them just barely had babies. And so one of them, one of the women rolled over on her baby and killed the baby and so, in the middle of the night, she took her dead baby and went and replaced it with this other woman's baby and then took the live baby and said it was hers, right? And no one knows which one did that. And the one woman is saying it was the other woman. The other woman was saying it was the other woman and so on and so forth, right? And so, you know, there's this one living baby now, and both of them are saying, No, that's my baby. That's my baby. So on and so forth. And so, the king that they are arguing to, or that they're arguing in front of, says, Bring me my sword. And so, this king brings the sword to them and he says, Bring me the baby. I'll cut the baby in half and each one of you can have a half. Of course, the true mother of the baby was like, no, don't do it. Listen, she can have it. It's fine. Just keep my baby alive. Don't hurt it. And of course, the other woman who wasn't the mother that was the liar was like, yeah, do it, whatever. I've already lost my child. Let's just, you know, whatever. Of course, the king puts the sword down and says, that was never my intention to harm the child. I knew that the mother of the baby was going to kind of step up and be like, yes, this is my child. And I just want the best for him and just make sure it's okay. So then of course the whole crowd was like, wow, plot twist. You're a genius, Mr. King. Way to go. At which point the king starts walking off and kind of looks at David Ponder and was like, yo, come come on, We got to talk and stuff. And so they uh, went behind in his, his like private quarters and whatnot. And so now he's like, you know, the king kind of looks at him. He's like, do you know who I am? And David was like, yeah, I actually do. This is crazy. I actually recognize the story. You're King Solomon from the Bible. And so King Solomon and him start talking. And so before we kind of start talking about the specific concept that is going to be really prevalent with what David Ponder learns from King Solomon is that, everyone that is listening that is listening to donation i can i would put good money on this every single person that is listening right now you know you can't deny this undeniable truth and the undeniable truth is that everyone eventually someday will have to go through absolutely horrific things, all right? We will enter into turmoil. It will be some type of disaster. In fact, in another Andy Andrews book, which we're gonna cover uh, next year, early next year, it's called uh, The Noticer, but he says this, he says, quote, everyone in the world is heading for a disaster, in a disaster, or just barely coming out of a disaster, end quote. But the topic, the question is, if this is true, and this is just kind of a normal part of life, that, you know, we're kind of always surrounded by disasters and, you know, we can't really escape it. It's kind of a depressing thought, unless unless you know how to leverage the disaster. What if you could leverage the disaster? What what if you could overcome the disaster? What if you could have avoided the disaster altogether? In fact, what if it's the opposite of a disaster? What if it's a gigantic blessing? What if you could learn how to leverage the blessing better, notice the blessing better, have more blessings? What if that was the case? What if that was a thing, right? To which I have another direct quote from the book. So this quote, David Ponder is talking to Solomon, and Solomon You know, it's saying that like you need to be prepared for when these disasters come or even when these blessings come, mostly disasters, but you need to be prepared for these. To which David Ponder says, quote, how do I prepare for something when I don't know A, what it is, or B, when it will happen? Solomon was quiet. Sir, David said a bit louder. He was becoming exasperated. Look, he began again. I'm serious. How do I prepare for an uncertain future? To which the king said simply, seek wisdom. David came close to rolling his eyes. Maybe I'm not too smart, he said, but I'm not catching on here. Okay, let me ask you this. How do I seek wisdom? And then the king says, the answer I have for you will not quell your frustration with me. My answer is to seek wisdom. David's mouth dropped open. He shook his head and was about to speak when King Solomon interrupted him. David, he said, you have a condition common to most people. You hear, but you do not listen. Seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom waits to be gathered. She cannot be bartered or sold. She is a gift for the diligent, and only the diligent will find her. The lazy man, the stupid man, never even looks. Though wisdom is available to many, she is found by few. Seek wisdom, find her, and you will find success and contentment. So if there's one thing that I've learned about from all my trials, from talking to a bunch of people from the music industry, successful people, reading all these, all these kind of books and all that kind of stuff, there's one thing that I've kind of seen this one underlying thread between all of them. And that is that every single thing in this world, every single thing, every single problem, every single concept, every single everything, every single thing is figure outable There is nothing that we can't figure out. As a human race, okay, this kind of goes back to the AU five behind the dial so when we were talking about the potential of humanity. The potential of humanity is limitless. We haven't even scratched the surface of what humans can do. And someone, someone ever tells you that like there's, uh, you know, your 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 problems are too complicated. It's too complicated. There's no way you can figure all oh, that question. You shouldn't even ask that question. It's just too complicated. It's a bunch of crap. It's a whole bunch of crap. Everything, everything is figure outable. Okay. Now, donation. there are many, 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 many ways that you can seek wisdom, okay? And King Solomon does go over a couple of them in the book, but the biggest one that he talks about, and by the way, if you don't have this in place, this, this concept that he's going to be talking about, if you don't have this in place, you know, like trying to just bring wisdom in your life in general actually is going to be bottlenecked. It's actually not going to work that well because you have to have this one concept set in place. And this is something I can absolutely testify to, and I'd be happy to go into more detail here in just one second, but I got one more quote from the book, okay? I'm going to quote this, and it talks about this specific concept. You need this specific concept in place in order to not only gain more wisdom, but to gain more wisdom and to retain the wisdom that you have. Okay. So let me go ahead and uh, read that to you right now. At which point, you know, King Solomon asked David this question and he says, quote, do you have a child? And David says, you know, of course I do. I have a 12 year old daughter. Sorry. I said 10 year old at the beginning of the episode. My bad. He has a 12 year old daughter. The King said, are you concerned about the children with whom your daughter plays? David then says, yes, of course. Solomon turns quickly and said, you say, of course. Why? David says, well, I say, of course, because my child's friends have such a huge impact on her, and I mean both good and bad. We've noticed that when she is around good, respectful children, we very rarely have a problem with her behavior, but occasionally she'll mix in with the wrong group at school and her mother and I have to deal with the consequences at home. To which Solomon asks him to kind of explain what he means by consequences. And then David says, her speech patterns, her attitude, the way she dresses, how she responds to us, everything she does at her age seems to be influenced by someone else. To which Solomon asks, How do you guide the direction in which your child changes? And David responds by keeping tabs on who her friends are. And this is really what I was kind of set in the stage right now. Now here's the big answer to that donation. Uh, King Solomon says, Exactly. And at what age are we no longer affected by those that are around us? 18, 21, 30? The answer, of course, is that we are always and forever influenced by those with whom we associate. If a man keeps company with those who curse and complain, he will soon find curses and complaints flowing like a river from his own mouth. If he spends his days with the lazy, those seeking handouts, he will soon find his finances in disarray. Many of our sorrows can be traced to the relationships with the wrong people. At which point, David asks, So, This is an important step to seeking wisdom, to which King Solomon replies, possibly the most important step. Guard your associations carefully, David. Anytime you tolerate mediocrity in your choices of companions, you become more comfortable with mediocrity in your own life. If a lazy man isn't an irritation to you, it is a sign that you have accepted slothfulness as a way of life. Now, King Solomon goes on to talk about the people that he keeps closest to his life, you know, like his commanders, his counselors, his this, that, and the other. David, kind of just soaking all this in, then says, quote, You are the wisest man in the world, and obviously the richest. Yet you said you keep counsel with those other men. Why? Solomon replies, only a fool refuses the counsel of wise men. There is safety in counsel. Sensible instruction is a life-giving fountain that will help you escape all manner of deadly traps. Find a wise man, a person who has accomplished what you wish for in your own life, and listen closely to his words. There's a concept that I've been thinking about for a couple of years, a concept that I think that is actually very, very essential to our progression, to keeping us on this track. Because you gotta remember, I listened to this when I was 19. I first heard about this concept when I was 19 of keeping your associates, the people that you keep closest to you is the people that you eventually become. So I've been thinking about this for a very, very long time, I guess seven years at this point. And really what I've come to realize is that I really think that it's worth keeping about five people around you every single time. Kind of like your own personal counsel, if you will. These five people that you really truly wish, you know, like you love what they're doing. You think they're amazing. They're great people. They have the attributes that you want, this, that, and the other. And by keeping them around, And by associating with them, you become them. You start to gain the attributes in them that you see that you want. Here's a really good example. Around the time that I was reading this book, it was right when my sister got married. Remember Dr. Sister? Yep, she's a doctor. Yeah, so Dr. Sister just got married to Dr. Husband. Okay, so they're both doctors. Fantastic, high five. Anyways, so her husband, Russell, he's a fantastic guy, by the way, he's amazing. But I noticed something about him. He was so smart. He was so smart, but not not just like any kind of smart. He wasn't, he, he can't just, you know, he wasn't just like able to understand things, but he was able to understand and then explain them to people. Every time I talked to him, I was just like, you are so freaking smart. And by being around him so much, obviously, I mean, now he's my brother-in-law, right? By being around him and, and getting to know him more It made me want to be more like him. All of a sudden, I started noticing. It's like, man, Russell is always telling me all these really cool thoughts and keeping up with this, that, and the other. I gotta do this too. They didn't live in Utah. They lived in Vegas. Every time i go down to see them, I would you know, I'd be like, I got to prepare for this. I got to study up on this side and the other. I got to find some really cool facts that I know that he doesn't know. I got to bring this information to him, this side and the other. You know, most of the time when I brought it right up, he's like, oh yeah, I already know about that. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. But eventually I got him. I'd tell him stuff. I was like, yeah, I got you. I got you. I told you something you don't know, you know? And so by keeping them kind of like in this kind of close mental counsel, it helped propel me forward to become the person that I really wanted to be. There was another person that I really kept in my life. His name is Chase. He's one of my best friends in uh, high school. Chase was so emotionally intelligent. He was able to look at his emotions, understand what he was feeling, and then be able to describe it. That was something that I wanted so bad to be able to not just feel like this huge disarray, this huge mess inside of me and just kind of kind of like flounder like a little fish and freak out, but actually feel something inside, acknowledge it, and then know how to proceed forward to work with it. That's what I wanted. That's what Chase could do. So I put him in my mental counsel, right? As time comes on, you know, people come in and out of your mental counsel. But one of the people right now, which is like, you know, a gigantic shocker, right? That is in my personal counsel right now. AU5 is in my personal counsel right now. That's why we went and did a mastermind. Okay. Is because he is actually someone that like I really, really look up to. He's so freaking intelligent. He's so talented in so many different ways. It's like, man, he is someone that if I know if I hang out with, I know if I keep my life, I can become like him. In a good way, still being my own person, right? But still like you start to see their great attributes and you start to desire those great attributes, right? Counted to everything that we've been talking about, which by the way, another person that I really feel like is in my close counsel is obviously people on my team, but also Crywolf. Crywolf is a really, really good friend that I feel like, you know, like I keep him close because I really like a lot of the things that he is doing. To the contrary of what we're talking about, I have allowed people into my life that aren't like this, that were not living the way that I wanted to live, and it drug me down like crazy. One of my really good friends in high school, I'll just, I'll just, you know, leave him unnamed for right now, but one of my really, really good friends in high school had so much freaking potential, but he was so ridiculously lazy, and he complained all the time, and he was always putting the blame on other people for where he was you know, like on a Saturday, you know, I'll have fun and whatnot, but I was like, you know, I got to get ready for Sunday. I got, I got to get ready for the end of the week. You know, I got to get this and that done. I want to progress. I want to do this, that, and the other, or Saturday, you know, as soon as he got out of school on Friday, he was done period. End of discussion, no homework, no nothing. He wasn't even thinking about it till Monday. And he sat there and played video games all weekend. Again, there's nothing wrong with video games. It's the over consumption of video games, which is the problem, which in this case was, there was massively an overconsumption. but I noticed that the more I hung out with him, the more I tended to be like him. The more I was just like, you know what? My friend's doing this on the weekend. Why am I doing this other thing? Why can't I be doing what he's doing? You know what, you know, my one buddy does this. I started notice. I started saying things the way that he said, I started joking the way that he did this that, and the other. And it's, it was really, really, really hard. But then I noticed that when I stopped doing that, when I moved away from that, that's when the magic started to happen. You see what I'm saying? That's when I started bringing better people into my life and all that kind of stuff. And it was hard because he was still my friend. I, I couldn't deny that we had some good times, but you got to remember, is it a good choice or is it the best choice? Because you only got one life. You want to have a good life that's based off good decisions or the best decisions? Me personally, I want the best decisions. So Donation, be very careful with who you keep into your life. And by the way, the people that you keep into your life could also be translated into the music that you listen to, the podcasts that you listen to, the books that you listen to, you know, the comedy that you listen to, the entertainment that you bring into your life. All these things are kind of like your, it's still kind of part of your personal counsel, right? So if you're listening to Behind the Die every single week and you're getting this type of information, it's really, really helping you, I would highly encourage you to keep listening to this. I mean, obviously I'm a little bit biased, but seriously, if you are getting value out of this, then the value that you're getting out of this is much better than you going and wasting your time doing something else, where you're not getting as much value. I can already guarantee that if you've been listening to this podcast since like the 10X episodes, that you're already seeing a huge shift in your life and your mentality. It's because the people that you hang out with, even just listening to, you know, if I'm with you on a run right now, I'm with you in the car right now, wherever you are, is having a profound impact on your life. So Donation, wrapping this all up, everything that we've been talking about, I have one final quote from the book. In this instance, it's a scroll like an ancient scroll that is given to David that he reads that has you know kind of this piece of information that he reads and he teleports to the next place right so in this final thing this is the final written scroll that King Solomon gives to David Ponder about seeking wisdom okay so I'm gonna quote it right now I will seek wisdom knowing that wisdom waits to be gathered I will actively seek her out my past can never be changed but I can change the future by changing my actions today I will change my actions today. I will train my eyes and ears to read and listen to books and recordings that bring about positive changes in my personal relationships and greater understanding of my fellow man. No longer will I bombard my mind with materials that feed my doubts and fears. I will read and listen only to what increases my belief in myself and my future. I will seek wisdom. I will choose my friends with care. I am who my friends are. I speak their language and I wear their clothes. I share their opinions and their habits. From this moment forward, I will choose to associate with people whose lives and lifestyles I admire. If I associate with chickens, I will learn to scratch at the ground and squabble over crumbs. If I associate with eagles, I will learn to soar to great heights. I am an eagle. It is my destiny to fly. I will seek wisdom. I will listen to the counsel of wise men. The words of a wise man are like raindrops on dry ground. They are precious and can be quickly used for immediate results. Only the blade of grass that catches a raindrop will prosper and grow. The person who ignores wise counsel is like the blade of grass untouched by the rain, soon to wither and die. When I counsel with just myself, I can make decisions only according to what I already know. But by counseling with a wise man, I add his knowledge and experience to my own and dramatically increase my success. I will seek wisdom. I will be a servant to others. A wise man will cultivate a servant's spirit, for that particular attribute attracts people like no other. As I humbly serve others, their wisdom will be freely shared with me. Often, the person who develops a servant's spirit becomes wealthy beyond measure. Many times a servant has the ear of the king. A humble servant often becomes a king, for he is the popular choice of the people. He who serves the most grows the fastest. I will become a humble servant. I will not look for someone... To open my door i will look to open the door for someone i will not be distressed when no one is available to help me i will be excited when i am available to help i will be a servant to others i will listen to the counsel of wise men i will choose my friends with care i will seek wisdom so donation i really do hope after listening to this episode number one That you are going to take responsibility for your choices and number two you are going to seek wisdom okay so with everything that we've been talking about today i got a question for you a question that i want you to comment below or to send me a dm send me an email do something i want to hear from you about this okay but the question is who do you keep as your close associates and why do you keep them? Who is your personal counsel? And why do you keep them as your personal counsel? This will be really, really great for you because this will examine, this will kind of force you, you know, introspectively to see like, yeah, who is my counsel? Do I have the best counsel right now? If you look at your personal counsel that you have right now and you genuinely do not feel like they are the right counsel, then tell me that. Say like, you know what, why I've looked over it and I just feel like I don't have the right people in my life. And that is okay to say that's completely fine okay so that is the question that i have for you and i'd love to hear from you and then finally we're at the end of the episode now make sure to come back next week we're going to be going over more topics from the traveler's gift again this book is just so freaking good it's so full of information but before we head out we have the donation weekly citizen award okay so this this award this is really really beautiful because this has to do with the last episode where i was very very vulnerable and really went out on on a ledge to kind of talk about my personal experiences and so uh, this is in the form of an instant story it was actually spread over three different stories and I really want to read to you right now who that was from and what they said So this week's winner is Martel Music, all right? He sent, again, he tagged me in this Instagram story talking about the last episode of In The DAW, the one that is labeled, Do You Control Your Life? And he said this, quote, I've been a fan of Behind The DAW for a while now, and I love listening to the podcast regularly, especially these Monday episodes. Generally, it's pretty music producer focused, but this latest one is applicable to pretty much everyone, and I highly recommend that everyone listens to it. It's confronting, but it's amazing, and the fact that Wyatt is able to... be so vulnerable during it shows incredible strength and how much he really cares about the topic and i honestly applaud him so much for doing so i'm incredibly thankful and grateful to have never experienced any type of physical or intensely emotionally abusive relationship but i can still absolutely agree with everything that the man says in here i've started to really understand that the only thing that we can control are our own choices, and that we can't affect anyone else's choices or what happens to us, we can only affect how we react to these things. This podcast episode is real, raw, emotional, and something that I truly believe everyone needs to hear. Whether you understand the concepts in it or not, go and listen to it, but make sure you're in an environment that you feel comfortable when doing so. Thank you again to Wyatt for putting together this episode and being able to be so vulnerable for all of your listeners. It's truly an incredible and powerful thing. I love you all. Take care of yourselves out there. And remember that the only things that you can control are your own actions and choices and nothing else. Dude, Marlon Music, thank you so much, man. I really, 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 really profoundly appreciate that, man. And with that, you have won the Donation Weekly Citizen Award, which is awesome. So if you want a private lesson from me, or if you want to come and co-host with me on a show, you know, interview a big music producer, a music industry expert, so on and so forth. If you want to do that, go ahead. Uh, We'll get in contact over Instagram DMs. I know we've been talking over there so thank you so much Marlon music and donation thank you so much all right and remember we're coming to the end of the year now so if if you win multiple donation weekly awards remember if you do that you get the donation medal of honor okay when the donation medal of honor basically you get all of the products that we released that year for free so like you'll get the school base for free this new ableton course that we're coming out with the serum masterclass the zan griffin course you'll get all of those things for free um if you win Two donation weekly citizen awards okay so donation i just want to let you know that you guys are awesome and i just want to let you know that another episode that's going to be coming out later this week on friday that is going to be the unlike pluto in the Daw episode it's really great he's breaking down his song everything black it's, it's going to be really really awesome i'd highly encourage you to check that out the donation thank you so much for joining me this day i hope you have a great monday I hope you have a great week and remember donation you have to spend time behind the daw so that you can absolutely crush it when you go in the daw